0: I didn't have Who am I? Today. Am I ready? Am I caught? Am I cool? Am I tripping? Am I hot? Am I chosen for the job? Who am I? Okay. All right. So, I'm going to pray us in and then we're going to get started. So, Let's do it. Dear God, I thank you for being the sovereign God that you are. I thank you for being our Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of our faith. God, you are absolutely everything that we need in the exact moment that we need it, And in this moment, we just thank you for being an ever-present God. You said in your word that if we ask, then we shall receive And You also said that when two or more are joined in your name that you are in the midst. So I thank you for meeting us here, Lord God. I just pray and decree and declare and welcome you into this atmosphere and say that you can saturate it and do what you do best God sit in the midst of this conversation and have your divine and complete way let there be none of me none of Dana but only you Lord God your power your presence and your word being spoken and presented through us so I thank you that in this moment of surrendering in this moment of decrease that you provide a mighty word from heaven that will provide us with the instruction the insight the wisdom and revelation for us to walk in freedom so I just thank you Lord God the all change are broken our yokes are destroyed lord god all burdens are released because in this moment we can truly walk in the freedom of your word and of your promises so i just decree and declare that this conversation is sealed in your blood i divine and rebuke any satanic attack any plot plan scheme, any wicked device, any power, any principality, any attacks against the airwaves or the frequencies or the Wi-Fi, God, I just decree and declare that this will be a God-ordained, glitch-free experience and conversation with you. So I thank you for all these things and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys, welcome to another Covenant Conversation. I am your co-conversationalist, Cassandra Lenore, and I am joined by the beautiful Dana Kyle. And we are excited to be able to join you for another day. All right. So we can just get right into it. So, um, oh, I forgot to do this. Okay. It's okay. So... (laughs) I think it was maybe Saturday I received some not-so-good, I guess, not-so-good news. Um, and it just, like, it, it took me aback. And so I found myself kind of, like, questioning and doubting myself and asking questions like, oh, what could I have done differently? What? Um, was it my fault? Like, you know, I just, I found myself like questioning and doubting and just like looking back over the years, trying to figure out like what could have made this turn out differently or what could I have done? Or is it my fault? You know, just like asking all my, myself, all these questions. And I just really just started working myself up. And, and the more that I worked myself up and the more that I was asking these questions and the more that I was doing on the past, I heard the spirit, like I literally became overwhelmed. Like I was, Crying, boohoo crying when those ugly cries. I'm in the house by myself. So it's not like anybody can even like comfort me or like help me through what I'm going through. And I, re- I just remember hearing the Spirit of God whisper to me and was like, Cassandra, stop mourning over what you lost. Celebrate what you have left. And so I was like, okay, God. And I know that a lot of times in life when we need advice or encouragement, we go to people. But I have learned that in order to receive a word, like if I want opinions, I can go to a person. If I want advice, I can go to a person. But if I want to answer, I need to first go to the word of God and then he can lead God and direct me and instruct me and maybe lead me to a person that I'm supposed to converse with or whatnot. And so. I um, went to the word because in order to receive it, I knew I needed a word. And in order to receive a word, I gotta first be in my word because God speaks through his word. And I went to the Bible and I was just like, okay, God, what do you wanna speak to me? What, you know, scriptures do you want me to read? And he took me to Matthew 18. And so I was like, Matthew 18, because Matthew 18 is very familiar to me because at one point in my life, God really had me meditating on that chapter. Um, and that chapter speaks about when the disciples went to Jesus and asked him, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he gave the illustration and the example saying, Um, he called a little boy to him and set him in the midst of them and said, if you humble yourself and become as this little child, you should be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And also in that chapter. So he talks about like the importance of humility, the importance of being childlike and surrendering. Um, and the, the also even just in those four scriptures, because that's scripture one through four, um, or verses one through four, he even speaks about like the importance of being obedient because he says that he called the little boy to him and set him in the midst of them. And the definition of set means, or set means to position, but between the calling and the positioning, the boy had to answer. So that, that was about being obedient. Um, But nevertheless, also included in that chapter, God talks about forgiving offenses, letting it go, like not being easily offended. If you have any issues between yourself or and your brother, how you need to discuss it with that person. And if it, you know, isn't able to be resolved, then you maybe need to bring in a mediator. And then if it still not able to be resolved, then you need to bring it to um, the church. And if that person still ain't out here forgiving you, you need to be like, all right, God, I did my part and move forward without it or without that person, but still with the heart of forgiveness and by the end of chapter 18 Peter goes to Jesus and it's like how many times shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him seven times and Jesus responds and says no 70 times 7 And obviously we talk about that all the time about how, you know, God is calling us to a consistent life of forgiveness and a heart posture of forgiving. And just because you forgive that person doesn't mean that you don't use wisdom and you continue to deal with them or the situation. Right. Um, But God is basically saying that if you operate because he then gives the illustration about the guy who, um, Asked his master for forgiveness after he owed him some money and his master showed him grace. (laughs) And then um, he went out there and somebody who owed him even less money than he owed his master. He didn't show him grace and he actually threw him in jail. And when it got back to the person that he owed money to, he was just like, yo, like, how are you going to ask me? but you're not willing and able to do the same thing. And so he sent him to the torturers. And one of the things that really stood out to me about that text is that unforgiveness is a torturer. Like that's what ministered to me. So the scripture that I actually want to read, I pretty much um, gave you the gist of what Matthew 18 is. However, I want to read the exact scripture that God gave me while I was seeking him for a word pertaining to how I was supposed to move forward from the encounter and experience that I was having on Saturday. And the scripture is Matthew 18, verse number 21 through through 22. And it says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how many? No. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So, again, like I just I basically quoted there earlier and the revelation of that was not. That I receive from that is what if that brother, what if that person that you're supposed to be forgiving is you? Like, how often do we blame ourselves or beat ourselves up or doubt ourselves and question the different experiences, test trials, tribulations, or consequences based out that arrive from life's experiences? And what I realize is that yo, you know, some things are literally out of your control. And the more that you're mourning the past, the more that you're dwelling on the past, the more difficult it will be to move forward. And so when that scripture is like, you know, how many times shall I forgive my brother? It was like I I heard God whispering to me and that stuff like Cassandra, how many times I mean, like, like whispering to me, like, you need to forgive yourself. So just as much as you extend grace to other people, just as much as you forgive other people, make sure that you're extending that same grace and that same forgiveness to yourself in order to move forward. So because when you are harboring unforgiveness, when you are staying in this place of mourning and dwelling on the past, then I believe that you're. One blocking your blessing, but that's another conversation for another day. But two, torturing yourself. Um, So that's what today's conversation is about. The title of today's conversation is Forgive Yourself. Dana. If you don't have enough time to go on, I can talk some more stuff too.
1: No, I think that's good stuff, but you could go ahead.
0: You said you thought you think what?
1: I said that's interesting, but well, you could go ahead.
0: Yeah, because so one of the scriptures that there's a scripture in the Bible that says morning and morning endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And so what I learned from that, I was actually on Trav, um, our brother Travis from God's Planned Prayer Line. I, he did a Instagram live yesterday. And I just so happened to catch it. And on his live, he was talking about how there's an expiration date and how God deals with everything, everything has an order, everything has a timeline. And then from when he said that, like, you know, everything has an expiration date. Like, you got to live your life and you got to do what it is that God has called you to do and do it to the fullest. I started thinking, like, no, he's he's super serious. Like, our days have an end time. Like, there's 24 hours in every day. There's 365 on a leap year, 366 days in a year. Like, you know, the only thing that we cannot redeem is time. If you lose a relationship and they're still on this side of heaven, that can be redeemed. If you lose money, like that can be redeemed. Um, there are, if you lose a job that can be redeemed. You can get a new job. You know, there are so many things that we can lose in life that we mourn over instead of celebrating what's left. And I just remember I started thinking about when 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 God was telling me like, cause I'm just I'm mourning over what you lost and celebrate what you have left, like forgive yourself and move forward. Like just as I've called you to forgive other people, I'm calling you to forgive yourself. And that makes me think about the scripture when it, um, when it says love God, love yourself and love your neighbor. And so the same love that we have for God teaches us how to love ourselves. And then that love that we have ourselves is what we're supposed to exude to other people. And it's so easy for us to i think be there for other people help other people forgive other people but not extend that that same grace to ourselves and i think that that's why god wanted me to put myself in that scripture and in that text on saturday from matthew 18 and when Travis was talking about the expiration date. I it made me immediately think of that scripture that morning endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Like it's okay to allow yourself to feel despite what it is that you may have lost, despite what it is that may be the mistake or the test, trial, tribulation that you may have endured. Like it's okay to allow yourself to feel, it's okay to cry, yell, scream, and shout. Like morning may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So that means that after you yell, cry, scream, and shout, know that. You have to get up and keep moving forward. Know that, you know, this isn't the end and what you have left. One of the things that I receive revelation of is like what you have left is greater than what you lost. And so that's even with tithes and offering. Then I'm going to stop here. Like even with tithes and offering, God get access to give him the tenth, which is a dollar of every ten dollars. And we so, I know in the past I've had friends who were challenged and struggled giving a tie, not even, I'm not even speaking about offering, just giving a tide, and they held on to the one so strongly not realizing like God's asking for the one and you got nine left. Like, literally, what he's asking and what he's asking you to release and let go does not compare to what you have left over. It's greater. You still have the greater. And so that was, like, my revelation. Like, you know, stop mourning over what you lost, but celebrate what you have left because what you have left is greater. And I still have more in store for
1: you. Yeah. I was thinking about the saying that people say all the time, which funny enough recently came up in our 2030s group chat but i've heard it a long time ago where they talk about procrastinating is basically assuming that you got time left or that you got tomorrow left something of that nature and when what does it say procrastination is the arrogant assumption that god owes you another opportunity to do what you had time to do but i've heard it in other ways but like procrastination is the average assumption that you have tomorrow, hmm. basically. And so, when you said something about having the time, I forgot what you said just that fast. but when you were speaking about there's only so much time.
0: Mm-hmm. Time has an exploration.
1: Yeah. And people, man, listen, people be dying left and right unexpectedly. You over here assuming that you got tomorrow to... I don't even know what you think you got time to do. <laughs> but you pop you don't know. You that's and that's Bible too. That's a scripture that says you don't know that you're gonna have tomorrow. So and the whole line of forgiving people, including yourself, thinking of that as just as something else that God's told you to do that you think you have time to do tomorrow. No, forgive yourself in this moment, forgive that person in this moment. Because time, like you said, is nothing that can be redeemed. And there's something else you said about something that I forgot that fast so I don't know my brain, but maybe it'll come back to me if it's supposed to be said.
0: Yeah. So definitely, I believe that when it comes to that, what you're saying, like do it. And I think that the longer that we dwell and harbor things like it, it begins to sow a seed and becomes ingrained. Right. And so I used to have on my, y'all know when like text messages used to have like a signature, like my text message, I just used to be doing well, but my text message signature at one point was like quickly forgive, like love hard, quickly forgive, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't realize the power or how important The word before forgive was, which was quickly, because how long do does it how much more difficult is it to forgive the longer that we dwell on it? Right. Sometimes we can think that time heals all, but sometimes the healing starts with a decision. Like, I'm going to choose not to dwell. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to renew my mind and shift my perspective on what this situation looks like and how it's affecting me. So for me, I spent time dwelling on woulda, coulda, shoulda, how could it have been differently instead of saying, like, all right, this is where I am now. God you know, shifting my perspective perspective from me, from being me focused to now, God, what is it that you want me to learn and receive from this situation? And one of the, my biggest things is that a loss, what you think is a loss, like stop mourning what what you feel like you lost, what you lost only remains an L if you don't turn it into a lesson. Like, there are specifically speaking to like you know mistakes or things like that even if it's a friend or a job you know like if, if i get fired from a job like i'm looking at it like oh, i just took this l it's a loss but you know if let me take a second to forgive myself for whatever i did <laughs> that made me get fired from this job and now learn from that lesson right so that i cannot make the same mistake twice and so even in the midst of whatever your situation and circumstance may be whether it is your fault or not instead of condemning yourself instead of beating up on yourself instead of doubting yourself and consistently questioning yourself why don't we take a second and turn those questions around to God so that He can provide us with the answers in order for us to move forward. And it was literally like in that moment that I started, I stopped focusing on me, woulda, coulda, shoulda, what could I have done differently, and accept the moment at hand. Like, okay, this is reality. This is what's happening. Now, God, what am I supposed to learn from this? And how am I supposed to move forward? I believe that that's when I received my freedom. Like, that's when my eyes dried up. Like, that's when I got more encouraged. And it wasn't like an over. Well, it was actually an overnight thing because by Sunday I I was better. But I believe it's because I turned to my Bible and I stopped looking at me and I stopped asking me and I stopped questioning me and I stopped woe is me. And I said, started, okay, God, what's the lesson to be learned? Because this L don't feel good. And I am I'm hurting and I don't want to hurt anymore. So help me to learn this lesson quick, fast and in a hurry so that I can move forward. And it's so crazy because although the lesson that was to be learned i guess it was about me or the loss that i felt like i experienced god reflected it back on me and so instead of focusing on what i lost i'm learning how to forgive myself and it's so crazy and i think one of the biggest things that i'm receiving is that you know there are no wasted experiences and And even through this, like, although it hurts and although it sucks that I had to lose what I did, like, even through this, I'm learning the importance of forgiveness and how to reflect that in myself. And so it sucks that I had to lose what I did. But at least I know that moving forward, there is this new commodity (laughs) that I have gained that will be able to sustain me through the rest of my life and has made me stronger because of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess the hard part, I would assume for others as I'm trying to reflect on how that can apply to me is even if, or even when you recognize the lesson, applying the lesson, because sometimes that's difficult in itself. And here, I guess the lesson for you is the forgiveness thing, but what if the lesson is you were wrong and you need to do X, Y, and Z differently and it requires a behavioral change. Some people aren't mature enough to have a behavioral change or know how to make the behavioral change on their own. And then needing that time to not only be shown or revealed as to what that lesson is, but allowing God to help you apply that lesson and forgiving yourself if you make mistakes and make mistakes when trying to apply it. So I don't know something about in terms of, I don't know, I don't know how mature people are. And we'll do no, I'm being real because it requires self-reflection and a lot of people aren't mature enough to do self-reflection. And even if they do self-reflection, they don't do it honestly. And even if like I said, they then re- have some understanding of the L, they're not mature enough to do the change to turn it into a lesson. So trying to not only be revealed of, yeah, not only having to be, you know, willing to acknowledge the lesson in the L, but what's the necessary steps now, like you said, moving forward either, and what that might entail might entail you changing, not just the circumstances changing or whatever. And maybe it's, I'm not saying that what you would is something simple, but it's something more theoretical in terms of understanding forgiveness versus if now God reveals to you, okay, you need to change your behavior. You know? Yeah. So... With, know, but- for me,
0: I feel like the forgiveness aspect of it was a changed behavior, but it started with a changed mindset. And so I think the first revelation for me after going through my woe is me stage is the intentionality of now seeking God, but also seeking wise counsel. Because I did call a friend and I wanted to call one of my friends that is like, I wanted to call one of my friends that I know rides for me. Like, because, you know, you just want to speak to somebody that you will understand. And I remember saying like when I went to her name, I was like, I'm not gonna call her because she's gonna be all for me. <laughs> she's gonna be on my side and you know sometimes you need that person that's ride and die and like that encourages you, to, you in the moment. but I didn't need to be encouraged. I needed the truth and so I was like, you know what even in the midst of my even in the midst of my worries, even in the midst of my tears, even in the midst of my anxiety and discouragement, I still didn't want an opinion. I still wanted the truth. I still wanted the answer. I still wanted the word of God. And so I called one of my other friends who was more so um, a spiritual accountability partner for me. And when I called her, I was like, you know what? I And I was being honest with her. I said, I wanted to call blank. But I know that blank will ride for me and I, there's no wrong that I can do in blank's eyes. I said, so I'm calling you because I don't desire for you to be on my side. But I want you to tap into the Holy Spirit and only speak accountability to me and let me know, you know, what thus says the Lord. You know, i call somebody that I know has a relationship with the father and is willing to die to their flesh in order to be used as a vessel. And so they was like, OK. And so I told them everything that had occurred everything that i you know what had transpired and then they were able to you know give me that sound doctrine and again speak the word of god but also my accountability into the situation and then still after i got phone with them i went to the word of god that was actually i spoke to them like i was praying like god i need like who i need to talk to somebody and um again like i said i was going to call my other friend but then <laughs> i was like i just, it was just like the spirit was like no <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> we don't need nobody stroking your little ego right now. Uh, we, we need to cut that down and let, let's let get to the root of the thing. And so even when seeking help, because I do believe like I said, I believe that people give opinions, but I also believe that God uses people. And so it's the who the people that I'm outreaching to that I know will be heated to the father, <laughs> you know, to the to the they're at least intentional and try to be compared to just giving me what they think is best. Um, And so that wise counsel and then seeking the word for myself that then led to me having that renewed mindset and the change of actions. So, you know, there was a process of me getting to this place. And although I don't necessarily know if forgiveness is like, A changed behavior or something as tangible as other things that god will be calling you to do in those moments of self-reflections i know that for me it did require even just for me to celebrate what i had left it started making me take inventory of what was still within my possession and to put stock in that like and i think that that's so good because As you know, I don't know. I I don't know if I've ever spoken about this on Covenant Conversations, but I'm into investing. I'm actually the president of my investment club. So I understand that when I find a company that I believe is of value and that will make my money work for me, you know, and that will bring me back a harvest that I want to put my money into that. Like I want to put stock into that company. And so instead of like overwhelming and, you know, feeling some mourning and sadness based off of what I, what I, what I lost, why don't I take inventory over what's left, right? What, what I still have within my reservoir and put, and put my stock in that, put my treasure in that, put my time in that, put my money in that, put my talents in that thing. And then know that, you know, God, my mom used to always say, Cassandra, if, um, if it's for you and like, let it go. And if it comes back, then it was for you. And that can be for anything that can be for, you know, you gotta be real specific with that. Actually, it can't be for everything, but in like a relationship and potentially a job, um, I don't know if that works with money, but kind of like if we're talking about tithes and offering, it can work in that uh, sense. But nevertheless, like let it go. And if it it was for you, if it was what God had promised and planned for you, if it's a part of his purpose for your life, then it will come back to you. And so that was like my biggest thing is like, you know, I had to take a look around and realize that what I lost doesn't compare to what I have left.
1: That always just reminds me of one of my favorite scriptures, which you would think I would know where it's at by now, but I always forget if God was talking to Samuel or Joshua, but he was talking to one of them. And he was like, are you done mourning? All right, cause I got something for you to do. I think it was Joshua. Anyway, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Like I laugh at that each time.
0: That's so crazy because um, yesterday when I was on Wis- Wisdom, Wisdom Wednesday with Olivia, I literally talked about you. <laughs> I literally talked about you. And how you um, spoke about Joshua because, and it was Joshua one. Like after Moses died, he was just like, uh, "My, like my servant Moses is dead. (laughs) Um, Now here's instruction on moving forward." It was literally Joshua one one. Like wait, let me go. Mm -hmm. And so when you just thought of that, that's what made it. That's what made me think of it, because like Joshua was their fearless leader. He was this person that had got them through the Red Sea and got them out of Egypt, you know, like he was their exodus, like the person that God rose up to lead them to this new place. But, you know, because of his decisions, there were consequences. So he didn't get to see the fulfillment of God's promise and purpose for his life. And instead of them being able to be like, woe is me and crying and Moses is dead. God was like, all right, so Moses is dead. This is what I need you to do. It's time to move forward. And I think that that's like low key what he was saying to me, like, "Okay, OK, this thing is dead. (laughs) Um, I need you to get up and it's time to move forward. And it's not that, you know, the lessons, the teaching, the experience of being with Moses no longer impacts your life. Right. That season was necessary because even Joshua was Moses's assistant. So he was able to see the behind the scenes, the inner workings, like really learn and glean from Moses. But now you your time and your season with Moses is up. And so now I need you to wipe your face change your clothes and get to step in, like get to moving forward and do what it is that I have called you to do because you still have air within your lungs. Moses does not. So because you still have air within your lungs, that means that there is still purpose in your life. So I need you to remember that if I still have life within me, then there's still purpose. And if I have still have purpose, then I need to move forward despite what it is that I lost, despite the relationship that ended, despite the marriage that ended, despite the job that ended, despite the unemployment that ended, the, despite the footsteps that ended. Like, I don't know what it is that you may be mourning over something that you felt like was of so much value, but if you lost it and if it's no longer, attached to you then that means that you don't need it and God is still there and if and if you lost it because of something that you done did learn the lesson learn the lesson and like my sis said make the adjustment right so don't do like me and be like whoa it's me woulda coulda shoulda what could I have done differently and beat up on yourself but instead go to God ask God what is the lesson that I'm supposed to learn and know That if you fail the test the first time, you will have to take the test again. Like you cannot pass the test until you pass the test. Like I can't go to the fourth grade if I flunked the third grade. I got to take the third grade again. So learn the lesson and you're going to learn the lesson by having to be tested in this area again. But make sure that the next time that you're presented with this test, it'll be the same attack same test, same devil, different day. Right. Make sure that you pass it this time. And it may look differently, though, but it'll be the same thing. Trust me. He ain't got no new tricks.
1: Recognizing when something is dead—that's a whole nother word. <laughs> that
0: is a word, and that that word don't feel good pertaining to what you can, what you think it could be.
1: <sighs> recognizing when the season is over.
0: My God, and not only recognizing it, but accepting it. Like, yeah. what does that look like? What does acceptance look like? I'm still trying to learn what forgiveness looks like. I think that for me, it has been, quote unquote, easier. Or maybe I have been more. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, pull the cord. Yes, Jazz. <laughs> uh, I guess I maybe have more experience. in, And yeah, I definitely have been faced with that. Test of forgiving others more that because I've worked out that forgiveness muscles more often. I guess it was it's easier. It still ain't easy, but it may be easier to forgive another person based off or than forgiving myself. And so sometimes that forgiving the other person may require forgiveness without an apology. So that means that I'm making the conscious decision to forgive whatever mm-hmm. offense hurt or harm that was caused to me in order for me to move forward, right? But what does that look like when you beating up on yourself or you feel like there's so much that I could have done differently? So like, how do I forgive myself? And it's literally taking that same energy that you would apply to somebody else and applying it to you. And if you actually struggle with forgiving other people, but you have a good time forgiving yourself, then maybe it's that. Like, okay. well, how I'm able to move on from if I make a mistake, then let me take that same energy and apply it to somebody else. Jalisa, before you get to that, I was
1: about to say, people have the issue, because I know with me, and I think this applies to other people too, forgiving, whether it be yourself or others, comes becomes difficult when there's no behavior, behavioral change attached to it. So I know like, if I I'm easier to forgive, let's say my mother, for lack of a better example, because I know that she's someone, if I say, I took issue with you doing this, she will sit down and listen to me and receive it and actually put attempt towards changing her behavior. And so it's easier than for me to forgive her because it's like, I at least know that She's trying and that she's just human. But when you know that you're having this conversation with someone who is not willing to have a conversation, is not willing to receive from the conversation, is not willing to be a mature enough to receive, acknowledge, or change from the conversation. And you know that the same harm that you endured, you're going to have to endure 70 times seven more times, then it becomes more difficult to forgive them. Same thing applying that to yourself, where it's harder to forgive yourself when you know you're going to make the same mistake again. Like, because sometimes you know when you're going to make the same mistake. And then so it's like, how can I forgive myself when I know I'm going to do make this whole mistake again? So I think a lot of it comes back into the whole, who's mature enough to be accountable? Who's mature enough to acknowledge behavioral change, especially when it comes to adults? I think that's why it's also easier sometimes for, at least for me, to forgive like teenagers or kids or people that are younger because you're like, yeah, they're kids. But when you're an adult, And I'm supposed to forgive you, and you're supposed to be adult enough to recognize. Like I'm thinking about when I have conversations with my friends, and they're talking about having to give their forgive their father Mm -hmm. that was absent in their life, or did very trifling things in their life, and at the age of fifty plus, sixty plus, are still doing those trifling things, are still doing those things to them as children. And it's like how you're older than me. Or I'm thinking about when you had an ex-husband or a, a estranged father to your child and they do things that harms you or your child and they continue to do that behavior it becomes harder to forgive them so at least when it comes to what you said when you have that difficulty in trying to if you're good at doing one and not the other and vice versa maybe recognizing or acknowledging why it's harder for you to forgive either yourself or the other person but i've found that with me and with people i speak to a lot of times it comes down to behavioral changed so at least when it comes to forgiving yourself maybe acknowledging how can you change your behavior like you talk a lot about saying okay turn this on less, and lesson what do i need to do differently you talk a lot about doing something differently a lot of times people are not mature enough to say what can i do differently and then like i said the difficulty coming in applying that once you realize what you need to do dif- differently but i think that Sometimes it's the block towards what becomes difficult in forgiving yourself and others. So at least when it comes to yourself and you have onus over your behavior, Mm -hmm. check your own behavior and hold yourself accountable to it. And then it might become easier to forgive yourself because it's like, at least I'm trying. Yeah.
0: And when it comes to forgiving other people, I think what has made it. Now, I don't necessarily want to say more easier, but I guess more easier for me to obey the command of forgiveness is because one of the things that my mom said to me growing up all the time before we was even in church or anything, she'd be like, Cassandra, give, um, not expecting to receive. And Because if I would give something and then they don't respond how I want them to respond or, you know, they didn't give me something back in return. My little feelings used to be hurt. And I'm like, Cassandra, did you give that because you wanted something back or did you give that because you wanted to give it? And so I started having to check the intentions behind my giving. Right. And from there, I applied that lesson behind everything. So if I'm giving, not expecting to receive even in forgiveness, although I would love to for you from this level of forgiveness for your actions to change and for me not to have to experience the same thing through you. I'm giving this forgiveness, not expecting anything from you, but to but um, because I'm not forgiving you for you. Like, I'm not forgiving you with the expectation of you changing. I'm forgiving you with the hope that you do. Like, I'm forgiving you with the prayers that you do do the internal work so that the character or the actions may change. But at the end of the day, I am forgiving you for me. The intention behind me forgiving you is not so that you can beat up on me again. It's so that I can move forward and deal with you another day. But I know that if I am harboring unforgiveness towards you, I'm not going to want to deal with you. Every time I'm around you, I'm going to be annoyed. Every little thing that you do is going to be irking my nerve. Like if I had a father who was active in my life, who would consistently break promises or hurt my feelings and I'm forgiving him, forgiving him, forgiving him. And then he's consistently doing it and it's consistent, consistently affecting him. There has to get I have to get to a point where. I choose if I'm going to forgive if I'm forgiving you with the expectation of you changing or I'm forgiving you, knowing that if I don't forgive you, I'm going to take this bitterness onto other areas and other relationships in my life. So I think that that's like the difference of giving, not expecting to receive. Like I'm going to give you this forgiveness, not because you deserve it. Yes. I do want you to change, but not because I even expect you to change. I'm giving you this forgiveness, one, because I'm commanded to and two, because I need to. Because if I don't forgive you, then I'm hurting and limiting myself.
1: Yeah, I was just using that to compare to why I have people difficulty forgiving themselves. Is because typically people have issues forgiving others for that reason. And if you flip it like you were saying, how you were saying, apply that to each other, apply that to yourself, at least I know with me, it's harder to do that with yourself. Like what you just said, it's harder to do that with yourself. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think it is. At least I don't think it is. But that's interesting because my friend, me and my friend just had this conversation yesterday because we work in a very evil place and he, there was this evil chick and he was like, yo, I was walking around like, I hate this girl. He was like, and I had to forgive her. And I said, dad, I, I wouldn't have forgave, forgave her because she's evil. He was like, well, I did forgive her for her. I forgave her for me because otherwise I was going to keep walking around like, I hate this girl. And I was like, "You better than me," but we literally just had this conversation yesterday. It was so That's funny. good.
0: Okay, Jalisa says, "Would you say there is also a sense of partial forgiveness and total forgiveness?" I wouldn't. Uh, I believe that just like oh, ob- disobedient, like partial obedience is complete disobedience. I believe that partial forgiveness is complete disobedience. I mean unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is complete unforgiveness. Yes. Yeah. So I don't think that you can partially forgive somebody because like what part, what does that look like? How do you partially forgive somebody? That's like when people always be like, I love, I love this about you, but I don't like that. Like though, love and like are different, but forgiveness and forgiveness is the same. Obedience, <laughs> obedience is the same. So I don't think that you can have partial forgiveness. And if you do have partial forgiveness, that's complete unforgiveness.
1: I think that just comes in the conversation where people be like, "Oh, I forgive you, but I don't, but I didn't forget." I guess maybe that's what she's talking about. But I think that goes to what you said with just having wisdom and how you move. Because oh, baby, please believe if you have the same behavior for the past ten years, I'm not going. And like you said, you don't change it because and but then I forgive you because I have to. I'm still not going to ex or move thinking that you changed, when I know you didn't, even though I forgave you.
0: Yeah. that's like um somebody you got somebody in your family that be out here stealing so every time they come to your house you know that they stealing like you know for a fact that you about to be missing something so instead of me harboring that unforgiveness like this dang on thief and hating this person and being so mad because they out here stealing your crystal glasses and stuff like oh i'm gonna forgive you because every if i don't forgive you when we be at grandma's house i'll be ready to cuss you out and fight you however like Jack this is good. I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not going to be a fool. Like, I'm going to be wise. I'm going to use wisdom. Maybe I'm going to put, like, and I'm not going to, it's not going to be to the point where I'm going to harbor, you know, like that unforgiveness, and say, like, I don't want to be around this person. They always stealing this that, and the third. But maybe I want to forgive them so that I can use wisdom to where I still want you to be a part of my life. Like you are still my family. I still love you. I even forgive everything that you stole. You don't gotta re- return none of that stuff. But let me put my crystal stuff up, or let me, let's me meet at grandma's house, or let's go out to the restaurant instead of having dinner at my house. So, like, I can still deal with you. I'm going to just make sure that I'm shifting the environment to work in our favor.
1: Or well, sometimes you forgive people and cut them off. I have forgave people, and we are not friends, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, and I think that... that <laughs> yeah, it yeah. That's what I said. It goes to, like, the whole forgive, but don't forget, I guess, being the partial forgiveness part where... If that's what wisdom requires, don't think that that means you ain't forgive them.
0: Which is why I feel like it's, again, important for us to get out of ourselves for a moment and go to God. Like, God, what is this? What am I supposed to learn and how am I supposed to move forward? Because in our fleshly ways, we can want to cut people off. Or in our fleshly ways, we can want to keep people close when God is just like, no, this is no longer good for you. This season has ended. Or I don't care how much you want to cut this person off. I've got this person to be connected to you. So you need to let go and let God (laughs) like. So I think that that's why it's so important for us to go to God with what we're supposed to receive but also be willing to receive, like be willing to receive the instruction for the change behavior, be willing to die to your flesh. Like what if it does require you to stay connected to a person that you no longer want to deal with and you know that they aren't going to change. Well, maybe you are supposed to be connected to them even if you think that they aren't going to change because you're supposed to be interceding for that change. But I don't know, like that's between you and
1: God. I literally just said to this, I was like, God, why am I fasting for this person to change? Why can't they fast for themselves? Jesus Jesus.
0: <laughs> well, maybe one of the things that I learned from you, Dana, is like you talk about the discipline and the change and the actions that are a result of seeking God and receiving instruction, and how yeah we can do all this spiritual work, but it's also natural stuff that we need to do. And the reason why you speak about that a lot is because you're you, you've walked in that a lot and you're strong in that area. So God calls you to sometimes do things that you're strong in for people who aren't as strong in it kind of like being a surrogate right so a surrogate mother is usually for somebody who cannot carry a child on their own full term so what if your fasting and praying is to be that surrogate to birth something that will be that will be handed to them through the spiritual realm that they aren't able to acquire in their own strength
1: same reason some gets run away with the baby that they put all the work in for. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're putting in work something that your own, and it gets tiring. And sometimes you make a, you feel a, I mean, I guess in a surrogacy session, you make a connection with the work you put in. Because then sometimes my fast, other people turn into a fast for myself about something else. Because it's like, I don't even want to deal with that no more. I want to worry about my own self. But I'm too busy interceding for you when you are Christian and you've grown enough to do it on your own. Child, but I see what you said.
0: I was hoping that you got to the receiving what I said part.
1: I already knew it to be true. It still don't mean it ain't annoying.
0: Yeah. Look, that was a word from heaven. That was God
1: speaking through me. It was. You said exactly what I was asking God literally this past
0: week. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's say what Coda said. said, Coda said, clearly, I haven't had forgiveness on the level I thought I was. I believe that there's levels of forgiveness.
1: Um... I'm curious to have a conversation with her now because I thought she was doing good. She doesn't put better than me, I know that. So if she don't think she doing as good as she thought she was doing, I'm curious to know because I thought she was doing good too. Way better than me, way. Or maybe God is calling her to a higher level of it. Maybe, because when she do stuff, I'd be like, you did that, I would not have. I would have, Oh, I would have done something completely different. Mm.
0: My God, well, thank God for growth and for friends who are stronger in areas that we are not, so that we can learn from that wisdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Debbie. Dakota said tap." Okay, well, we have definitely surpassed our timetable, but I think that this was very a very Holy Spirit-led conversation. And so um, in closing, forgive other people, forgive yourself. And what does that look like? Intentionality, decision making, um, asking God the hard questions instead of questioning yourself so that you can actually receive the answer. Um, I think that self-reflection should begin with God reflection um, and then being willing to surrender your and die to your flesh in order to receive and do the work that is required for you to live out this freedom. Um, and yeah, that looks like 70 times seven. So there, basically, there's no ending to forgiveness. So it does not matter if the person's character or actions change or not. If God has called you to forgive them and still call them to be in your life, then suck it up, make the decision and do the internal work so that you can walk in it physically. Dana,
1: any closing? Fast. Even when it comes to forgiving yourself, because if you are used to a life of not forgiving yourself you ain't going to just forgive yourself overnight that requires not just intention because sometimes intention intention is not good enough but the spiritual work required to break down the stronghold of unforgiveness, even if that's within yourself and forgiving yourself. And, and, and But don't be out here just forgiving yourself and not changing. Because sometimes if you require the change, you do that too. But you know, it's know, that grace, like you said, to yourself. Because sometimes you're being too hard on yourself. What they say, you're always harder on yourself than others. Mm-hmm. People say that about me all the time. But if I have high standards for others, I'm going to have even higher standards for myself. Don't make me lower my standards. I'll just change my behavior and raise to the occasion. But extending yourself with that grace is also needed and not being too hard on yourself. Um, And if that requires more work than just intention, be willing and able to not only fast for others, but fast for yourself.
0: That's good. I had something else, but I lost it. So we can pray out.
1: Okay, God, thank you for another day, another opportunity to forgive, including ourselves. Another day, as mentioned to walk in our purpose because as long as we have another day, we have more purpose left. Help us to not harbor on what we may have lost. Help us to not harbor on old seasons as we may be transitioning into new ones. Help us not harbor on old relationships, old jobs, old friendships, old whatever, if it's meant to be old. Continue to reveal to people the end Mm-hmm. helping them recognize when it's time to pull a cord, helping them to recognize when it's time to move out of a certain season and helping them to recognize the beginning of something new and to help them recognize that just because it's something new doesn't and they may have lost something doesn't mean they don't have fullness still there. Help them put stock in what they still have, help them see with spiritual eyes what they still have, help them feed it so it can grow into what you want them to have. If there be any need for accountability, reveal people's selves to themselves, let them see themselves so they can make that behavioral change so it may be easier for others to forgive them and it be easier for them to forgive themselves, including myself. Help us grow as Christians and in this, uh, te- in the teachings that you have given us, help us grow in this understanding, but also grow in its application, help us apply what you've given us, help us to forgive 70 times seven Help us to reach the new levels of forgiveness you may be bringing us to. Help us to remember that that the fullness of joy is in your presence. And that despite what we may have lost, despite people's foolishness and lack of behavioral change, that we still have joy. And thus, we should be able to forgive and move on, let go and let God. Help us to let go, help us to let you move how you intended for us to walk. In Jesus name I pray and for his sake, amen.
0: Amen. And I do remember what I was going to say. If you are, uh, I I believe a beautiful illustration um, and movie that can help you, I guess, visualize what forgiveness looks like is The Shack. And that movie really ministered to me and it really helped me understand what forgiveness look like walking like literally i don't want to give a spoiler alert because i don't know if you've seen it or not but like what walking out forgiveness looks like um
1: i think what jasmine said is good too in her comment she said it also helps me to remind myself that god knows and he knew helps me to forgive myself and others and that reminds me of this lesson we were talking about in sunday school as we were talking about joseph and um his whole story and the fact that God used basically people who were operating in their flesh, like we all know, Jacob was, uh, Jacob, Joseph's father, was deceitful. And so he was in his flesh when he was doing all his deceiving back in his day, and how that was passed on to his 11 other sons because then they became deceitful and did. Acting in their own flesh, out of their own hurt, because they didn't like the fact that Joseph was the favorite, they then turned and <clears throat> killed Joseph, and how that led to all of that in the third. But God, you knowing how they would act in their flesh, use all of that to set up the twelve tribes of Israel, which obviously was needed in the catalyst. But because God knew them in their flesh, He it doesn't mean that they still weren't, you know, one used and two forgave, forgiven. Because then Joseph forgives. All of his brothers, mm-hmm. but God knows how you are gonna act even in your flesh. Anyway, so I mean, I, I do rest on that sometimes. I'm like, well, God know I ain't no good, but you know, I still try to do better sometimes.
0: In Jesus name to the better. So thank you all for joining us. Um, We will be back next week for another covenant conversation. If you would like to listen to previous conversations, you can do so on all platforms, basically on any streaming platform. You can go ahead and check us out at covenant conversations, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at, Covenant conversation, no S. But on, on the streaming on the streaming platforms, there is an S. Um, like I said, talk to you guys next Thursday. And oh, and share this uh, share this Facebook live stream with y'all family and friends. Cause this was good. Love y'all. Bye. Who am I? Am I ready? Am I called?